you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Bite. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. All right, everyone, welcome back. We have now Hi, friends, today, and welcome we also have to the Papaya Podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm your hostess, She's trying her most. This is like the most Sarah annoying Nicole, thing about Neighbor Becky. Each week, I'm going to be always like, she is the most mixed in with downloaded episode, and that's just something in place like for tired. But that. today, so get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space super fan i have followed you for a while but not in the same level of super fandom that becky holds so i'm just excited that you're on today and that we get to have this like really cool conversation i think it's an important time to be championing especially those who work in drag and enjoy drag i think that it is such a we're just seeing so much happen and i just want to bring some bright light and good back to the core messaging here and I think you're a great person to sort of have that conversation with. So thank you so much for being here. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. For anybody who doesn't know you and slash stalks you online like Becky, who <laughs> are you? And like, just give us a little scope into who you are and uh, your creator, creatorness, who you are as a creator, oh. a person and how we might know you. I love that. My creatorness. Creatorness? I just made up a word. I'm sure I'll get dragged for it later. Um, Yes. My name is Kendall Gender. I am a drag performer. I am a advocate. I am best known for being on season two of Canada's Drag Race and most recently Canada versus the world. I've been doing drag since about 2014. Um, And ever since sort of like the very first day of drag, I've always found it very important to sort of like tie, you know, advocacy work at into my drag and they sort of have integrated side by side since uh day one mm-hmm. and, and how have you how has it been for you sort of navigating the last let's even say year I know things have been so much longer than that but it's gotten a lot more intense like this is now a daily news story how has that been for you sort of navigating that yeah I mean I feel like it's actually quite emotional, mm. you know, for, for me sort of seeing these stories reflected in my fellow queens and my fellow performers and all this kind of stuff. And it's it's something that I've actually done since for quite a few years now is I've really pushed for drag inclusivity when it comes to shows and all of that kind of stuff. And a lot of the work that I've done ha- has actually been like at all ages shows. 
And it's something that I've been very, very, very passionate about. And obviously I sit in a, you know, peculiar opinion for it in regards to it, because I am a true believer that it is so important for kids and youth to experience this. And the reason why I I say that is because I wish that when I was younger, I had a space like this. You know, like there was tons of, you know, basketball games and there was tons of sports games and, and, and you know, video games and all of these like things that people gravitated to that they liked. But I didn't always feel like these were like they weren't my interests. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing these spaces being created for people and we're seeing kids. It might not be for every kid, but it is for some kids. Right. And it would have been for me. So I really, really, really believe that it is so important to sort of like develop a community in that sense. So it's super heartbreaking to see the way it's sort of like coming out in in so many ways that it's getting so askew, you know, from like what we're trying to do. It's uh, yeah, it's it's really, really, really hard to, to see. It's almost like we're going back in time. It it does feel like that. And, you know, we we locally have drag shows and we've gone to them. And I only went to my first one. Was it last year, two years ago? And, uh, was like, this is the most entertaining, beautiful experience. I felt so like uplifted, amazing. But like my kids, when I remember when I started asking, like, are there all ages shows for this? And, uh, there, there wasn't very many. And I think there was one, but we couldn't make it. But I was so excited that we actually had access to being able to see some drag on, on TV with Canada's Drag Race. That was like a great way for like my kids to really like see it and understand it beyond the news stories that were going on and like the fear mongering around something that is actually like so beautiful and so entertaining and so uplifting. And I'm so glad that I got to see it, got to experience it for myself for the first time seeing what, how much fun and how energizing and how positive it was. I went to Miss Mosu's show and I was just like, (laughs) and every time, every time I see her now, because we'll be at the same events, I like literally tear up because that one event like changed me a little bit. There was just something about somebody being so unapologetic, but also like hyped everybody up. I just felt so encouraged and so amazing. And we started going to our local ones as well. And it was just like, this is amazing. And it's really hard to watch a lot of, a lot of the, you know, bad publicity and like the bad articles going on around it. But I saw something yesterday that really sort of triggered my next question, which is somebody was saying, hey, allies, like, where are you now? Do you only like us when we're fun? And so what would you say to those who are like, hey, we love drag. We want to encourage you. We want to be advocates for you, but we don't really know how can we show up and support? And you don't have to have the answer for this. I don't assume that you're like in charge of it all, but I would just love from your perspective, what you think would be a great way for allies to sort of show up and support the drag community. Yeah. I think that, that, um, I know the post that you're talking about, it was, uh, it also triggered something in me. I was like, oh, that's a really like interesting way of, of wording it because like drag, although innately should be fun and empowering, it shouldn't be, that shouldn't be the only time that you, that you access and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Right. So I do think that allies, if you're, you know, if, if you enjoy it, or if you, you have enjoyed it over the past, I think like just sort of like discussing it and bringing awareness is like Mm. a really, really, really good, simple step. You know, I'm, I'm a huge believer in like, you know, not everyone is going to be going out with, with signs and, and, and fighting the power in that way, but it it could be as simple as resharing a story on, on Instagram. 
Yeah. You know, it can, it can be something like that because, because that's sort of like, that's the world that we're in now, right? That's, that's how we develop that sort of ripple effect mm-hmm. is through sharing media and getting attention towards this sort of like thing. And, you know, the hope is, is that the more attention that it comes to the, the more we can sort of move it up. Because I find that a lot of times when you have these sort of like segregated issues, it tends to only be the people that are like directly affected by it that are using it in discussions. And I, often feel like that is it's not it shouldn't necessarily be the only like target audience Mm. because they already are being affected by it so of course they're sharing it but the way that we see greater change is by people that are not being affected by it but they see that there is wrong behavior Mm -hmm. that's how I believe that we sort of grow to that next like level of change and I really 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 believe that like right now we need that because it's uh it's really, really, really affecting people. You know, we're seeing that like in, in Tennessee, like it's, it's because it's going to be illegal to, to cross dress at all. And that's a, that's a blanket term that can be, that can affect trans people to an extent. Like if you look at it on paper, right? Like that's, that's horrible. (laughs) Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's really dark times. They're really crossing the lines into human rights issues for sure. And I think sometimes To your point, when people talk about, is it appropriate for kids and all this business? My kids have been watching Drag Race for a year now. They're 10 and 13. There are inappropriate like swear languages and things like that. They know not to repeat them, but it's invaluable. When someone in their school came out as transgender, they had a touchstone of, oh, just like peppermint? No, no problem. Got it immediately. So exactly what you're saying allow your kids to be allies at a younger age too. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really important touch point because it's, it is like a, it's like a ripple effect. Right. And I think it's interesting that it's the older generation struggling so much, but the kids aren't like the kid genuinely, the kids like don't have the issues that I think the adults are having around something that's so simple for kids. It's very understanding. It's about like accepting and love and creativity and all of these amazing impactful things. And it's being reduced to something so negative and, and really fear-based. And I think that's where you're the point of saying like those who are on the outside of being affected need to be also the voices of change because we aren't being impacted, but we also have people listening who are absorbing and hearing the news that maybe never have gone to a drag show, yeah. deeply misunderstand it now because it's being presented to them in a way that yeah. is creating fear. It's creating ideas that they're like, no, I don't want that for my children. I don't want that in my hometown. I don't want, because in our hometown, uh, one of the drag queens here who runs a lot of the shows, they can't even do like just their regular shows anymore without a lot of harassment. And it took a lot, a lot, a lot of work and noise on social media to get the police to actually protect wow. them. So this is like in Canada and a safe, like what we consider like a safe area, like in a smaller town. And we're seeing it like firsthand. So I do think like it, it does take like helping people work through the fears of what media is saying or some media saying and some people online are saying it with the facts and truth and reality of it all, which is like very, very different. But let's go into some of the positive things and like more, let's go into like the, uh, you know what, Becky has like a page of questions and I know that she is like itching to ask. So Becky, start asking your fun questions. Okay, so all of your fans know how hard you rep for Vancouver performers, British Columbia performers. Is there any Vancouver performer that you would love to see 
on a larger scale, such as Drag Race? Ooh, absolutely. I mean, obviously, my my first and foremost would be my drag children. I have a few performers in Vancouver, you know, Venus and Kara Juku. These are like amazing performers that are both my children. Mm-hmm. I also have always had like a huge go forward for um, there's like Rose Butch, um, who's a non-binary performer, I think is like absolutely fantastic and has been doing drag for a number of years. Also, the girlfriend experience, I think that like she is absolutely a shoe in for like a grander scale, whatever that ends up being. But I think we have a lot of talent here. I think we have a lot of talent across Canada. And I think it's like so cool that we got the opportunity to like be able to take it to that next level if uh, if we are. But yeah, I uh, I think there's a there's a lot of people and hopefully this the show and, and, and that sort of exposure continues on for a long time. So we see a lot of faces. If you have something like low iron, iron deficiency, or anemia, you might experience something like fatigue, headaches, skin discolorations, chest pains, cold hands, leg cramps, insomnia, dizziness, irregular heartbeats, the list goes on. Low iron is actually not as simple as just taking a supplement. And I'm going to speak from my own experience here because I have been anemic for a really long time and it's a battle because the supplements often make me feel ill. I go off them, my iron drops, my symptoms come back, and I'm in this back and forth battle between wanting to take my supplements and struggling through the symptoms of having low iron. So this is when I was introduced to Ferrisom Forte. So Ferrisom Forte is a new iron supplement that does not cause side effects and has been shown to have absorption rates similar to certain doses of IV iron. That's all thanks to two unique things. It has a unique formulation that combines liposomal form and a proprietary LCE code. So those are some big words. Let me break that down for what that actually means. So the liposomal form is an advanced nutrient delivery system that's known for boosting the benefits of supplementation and absorption. That LCE coat, well, it's what protects the iron from being broken down by bacteria and stomach acid. And it comes in two different forms. You can get it in a sachet, which is actually berry flavored, or capsule form. Both contain vitamin C to naturally support absorption. But those Ferrisom sachets also contain vitamin D, B6, B12, and folic acid. And here's the really cool, great part about that on top of all of that is that it's guaranteed no metallic taste with the sachets or the capsules. And like I mentioned, those sachets are berry flavored. Those capsules have no flavor at all. They're tasteless. Ferrisom Forte is vegan, GMO-free, gluten-free, soy-free, halal, and made in Canada. So if you are Canadian, Ferrisom Forte is currently only available to ship within Canada. And you can find Ferrisom Forte in-store at Rexall or visit ferrisomcanada.com. And you get to use the code PAPAYA at checkout for 25% off your first purchase. That's F-E-R-O-S-O-M Canada.com. Use code papaya for 25% off your first order. Hi, I'm Claire. And I'm Erica. We're the hosts of A Thing or Two. We are professional enthusiasts constantly on the hunt for the products, books, and trends that should be on your radar. And we share them with you every Monday, whether it's marinated olive oil that we're putting on everything, a deep dive on pillows, or the fact that suddenly gas stoves are on everyone's out list for 2023. We challenge the friends we invite on the show to bring their own favorite thingies too. Like when Ellen Van Dusen spilled about the IG account that's keeping her current with the youths. We also love a gift guide. We take listener questions, dear Abby style, and tell you what to get your vegan minimalist coworker or your sister-in-law who loves to hunt. 
So be sure to listen and follow a thing or two with Claire and Erica wherever you listen to podcasts. What are your hopes for the future of drag? Not necessarily on TV, but just in general. Yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, understanding and acceptance is my my hope for drag and just uh, that people recognize it as a, you know, not just an art form or not just entertainment, but also it's it's life saving in some ways. You know, I really believe that like visibility in so many ways can save lives because it really just like helps create, you know, a beautiful understanding, you know, even in, in something that I'm doing right now, I'm working with Annabelle Cosmetics, which is like a a, a company that we're seeing in like every drugstore basically yeah. across the country. Right. And like, I'm one of the faces part of like this beauty community that we're creating. And like, even in, in something like that, like seeing my sort of visibility intertwined with this, like, you know, Canadian company, that's what I hope for the future of drag. I really hope that we're seeing drag in so many different places. Like I, I want to be able to walk into the drugstore and, and see my face reflected mm-hmm. in, in the products. Right. Because I just feel like that would, uh, yeah, that would, I don't know, save a lot of heartache for a lot of people. <laughs> I love that. And then I was just curious because I saw that you are a huge part of Canada's first 2SL LGBTQ plus addiction treatment and recovery center. So yeah. I'm just wondering where can people go to support that? Any other information you have on that? Because I thought that was so, so interesting. Yeah. So I've been sober for a number of years and we are... You know, when I was first getting sober, I always sort of lived in like a little bit of a confusing state when it came to like me getting sober and how that sort of like interlaced with my, you know, gender and sexuality. So this space didn't really exist in the Canadian landscape. So right now we are basically just raising money for it to sort of get legs. We have our very first fundraiser on Friday in Calgary. And then basically the hopes of the funds from that fundraiser will then be able to like, you know, be able to put into like a residency situation. And we're hoping around like April or May, we'll have a space. Um, And yeah, like I signed on to be on the board of directors for this, just because it was very near and dear to my heart. And I just really, really, really believe that like, it is so important. You know, I am such an advocacy for for like these sort of centers because like you know queer and lgbtq2sia plus people are like instinctually they're i'm trying to find the right way to wear this they develop addictions more regularly than like our the heterosexual counterparts it's like a, a study has been done like they're more likely to develop these sort of like addictions so to have a center that's like just focused and like understanding of them i really think is like so vital so it's really cool to uh, see this get off the ground. So people can kind of check out the fundraiser that's starting on Friday? Yeah, so there's a fundraiser. And then there's also like a GoFundMe that we're doing, which is linked on my page, my Instagram and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, if you're not able to, or if you're not local to Calgary, obviously, but you still feel like getting involved in the project, um, you're able to donate that way. And it's called Stonewall Recovery Center. Um, so you can Google it and it has all of the GoFundMes and that kind of stuff on the website as well. Amazing. Okay. And then I have a very nosy question. Yeah, go for it. Oh, we love a nosy question. It wouldn't be a podcast (laughs) without a nosy question. I feel like (laughs) all of your fans love you and Patch. Your relationship just seems like pure joy. How are you doing any wedding planning? Is any of that happening right now? 
So, like, honestly, not really. That's okay. I'm gonna be, yeah, I feel like we're definitely gonna be one of those people or one of those couples, excuse me, that ha- like stays engaged for a minute. Um, <laughs> and the reason why I say that is because, like, I didn't really think that I was going to get engaged. Mm. Like, it, I didn't really think that, like, marriage was something that I was, like, super interested in or, or whatever. But then when I met, patch it like all kind of came together so it changed my perspective on it but as of right now we are just kind of like letting it letting it simmer and i'm also super busy to be honest (laughs) but i feel like that's smart that's so much less stress than if you tried Mm -hmm. to cram it all into a year so i am in all support of this i also feel like this wedding is going to be like the biggest the biggest deal, right? <laughs> like, I feel like the more anticipation you build towards this, the better. But I find like a lot of my friends who are engaged now, there are like kind of taking a minute. And I'm like, good for yeah. you, because that was stressful. And like a lot when I got married again. And uh, yeah, like, I love that there's also like, you have somebody who's sort of the exception to the rule for you. who are like, I never saw myself getting yeah. married. And now I just want to do it with this person. That's like so beautiful and lovely. And I really love that. I have a question. That's a curious question, curious question too, because yeah. I know I just realized how I, how I first started following you because it wasn't from Drag Race. I own your collab from Laundre. Oh my God. Yeah. I was <laughs> so a huge cool. fan of that. Talk me through doing that. Cause I've, I've actually also designed, I was like the vulva print. I did one with laundry bodywear and they did like oh, this cool. floral vulva print. It was beautiful. It sold out in a minute. But we, when you did yours, I was like, oh, this is so amazing to see this representation, but also like designing something for all bodies and working yeah. with a Canadian brand. What was that process like? Were you sort of surprised at the idea of doing a collab like to that scale? So I, yeah, I've been working with Laundry for a few years, like before Drag Race as well. I've like modeled for them and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And I just like really connected with the girls. I think they're absolutely amazing. Yeah, they're amazing. So when they asked me, I was like so on board. I thought it was so cool. And yeah, it was a, uh, it was a really like, surreal experience to be honest like I remember at the launch when I was like looking at all the tags and it was like Kendall Gender x laundry it was very one of those like moments where I was like what yeah (laughs) but it was super cool it was really well received they said that they had a lot of people like of different gender expressions reaching out for that line which was really cool and you know it's it's clothing right it's Mm -hmm. not like it it doesn't really have to be gendered. Like it really yeah. is just like stuff that you put on your body, like depending on your own personal style. So it was really cool to sort of get that opportunity to uh, blur the lines a little bit, especially when it comes to swimwear, mm-hmm. you know? Um, that's actually something that Patch talked to me about like before I went on it. Cause like Patch for people that don't know is a, is a trans woman. And she has always really struggled with uh the idea of comfortability at the beach mm-hmm. um, when it comes to certain swimwear, because, you know, they're not always designed in a, in a specific way and all that kind of stuff. So we really went in when it came to like fabrication and, and cuts and all that kind of stuff that was really flattering to a bunch of different uh, body types and uh, genders. I really love that. And, you know, it's so fascinating because I was actually just talking about this the other day, but when I was a teenager, I was too big to fit into women's swim and I would wear boys board shorts and nobody ever was upset at that nobody was ever upset that a woman would wear men's clothes I mean I watch all the time on TikTok women who are like putting on their husband's jeans and they're like oh these fit like way better than nobody's upset about that and they're getting so uppity about anybody sort of like yeah going the other way or just like 
clothing not being gendered. And I think that it's really cool that you kind of came in with the lens of like, okay, let's design swimwear and not have it like, let's have it be that it can work for so many different body types and so many different uh, like spectrums of gender. And I just think that that's really cool. Now I know Becky, before we finish off today in this episode, well, we can have a couple more questions, but you had a question about Canada versus the world. Do yes. you remember? Yeah. Let's get into that. My question was, how do you, ha- cause I've talked to someone else who was on drag race season one And they said the mental health kind of aspect of it does take a toll on you. And I'm wondering how it was going from kind of what would be perceived as the high of season two, where me and my kids were rooting for you, wanted you to win, to kind of Canada versus the world where you were sent home earlier, earlier than you (laughs) should have been. But how do you handle the mental health aspect of it? Yeah, you know, I think that like... (sighs) That experience for me really did take a toll on my mental health. I've always been super, you know, like I love drag. I love drag through and through and I love doing drag. But that experience, to be honest, if like I can speak frankly, was one of the the times in my my life and my drag career where I, it really shook me up, Mm. you know, because I was... I don't know. I, I felt really, really, really down on myself after that experience. I sort of went back with like really high hopes and I just, it made me, I don't know, it, it made me sad because of, uh, you know, some of the critiques that I was getting were, you know, based on my like performance or my like energy and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, I really felt like that was a reflection on like who I was as a person. Uh, and that's why I got emotional about it. Mm-hmm. I definitely have like dealt with it and I've like, I've healed from it, but it was, uh, I don't know. I just, I had that moment where I was like, oh my God, like, am I not good at this? Like, am I the worst drag queen in the entire world? And that's, and that's really how I felt like in that moment. And it took me, it took me a little a while to be honest, to sort of like heal from it. It was almost like a, a wound of sorts, mm. if I can speak frankly. Yeah. My, my anxiety was really high for like quite a few months before it was coming out. And I was like, oh my God, everyone's going to turn on me. Like da, 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 da. But it sort of did the opposite when the show came out. I got so much love and so much like it was so empowering and everyone is like oh my god da, da, da. like we love you so much we still ride for you blah blah and they're like you're amazing like it does it's all good what happens and like now my, my perspective on it has changed but yeah I don't know I think I think drag race in general can be uh it can be very stressful and it, it can really 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 take a toll on on your mental health so you uh you have to sort of be prepared for that going in so yeah. Yeah. How do you to- how do you manage <laughs> like your mental health and separating yourself from the critiques on a performance? Because I think a lot of people can relate to like in a way, this is your job, right? And it's also yeah. just like a a huge part of you. And a lot of people, whether you're a creator or a photographer, the lines between creating and you as a person get really melded together. So when you face critique, and like I love that you said it took you a minute because I think it's really hard for people to take criticism, being able to turn it into something productive. But was there anything that really through those months of really working through those feelings helped you sort of show back up for yourself again when those lines felt a little bit blurred? Yeah, I think that for me, it was um, sort of placing my joy on drag, not in someone else's opinion. Mm. 
And I feel like that can sort of relate to a lot of people, not just necessarily in drag. I think that so often we we place our self-worth on what someone else thinks about us or someone else's validity of what we're doing, good or bad. Yeah. You know, like yeah. whether someone says you are, you're amazing or you suck. It's like that sort of is like where you place your self-worth of like who you are as a person and yeah. what you present to the world. And I think that like this was one of the first times in in my life. So when I look back at it, I'm like, maybe it was meant to happen yeah. because I really believe that it was one of the first times in my life where I was like showing up for myself. I was like, no, I'm continuing on in my journey because of what I want to do, what I believe in and what makes me happy. And to be honest with you, it really it, it has been a little bit of a a shift in my uh existence if mm. you will in the, in the last little while it's uh it hasn't been the easiest thing i'm not going to pretend like it happened overnight and i'm still working on it every day yeah. but it's uh i feel like i'm on a i'm on a good trajectory there and i feel more happy and and self-aware today than i did previously so i always i always kind of like when i went through this with like my own body issues i just decided that riding the high was like taking a drug. So when you have external validation, it's like taking drugs and getting a high and then having the lows. But when you figure out how to like love yourself, it's like the daily multivitamin that like takes care of you and keeps you on like a path that, yeah, there's going to be highs and lows, but you know, your baseline and you know who you are. And sometimes it takes going through a lot of praise or a lot of criticism to sort of figure out where you fit and who you are and what your truth is. And I'm glad that you found that place of like, this is what I love and this is who I am. And this is how I'm going to show up even in the face of criticism and praise. Cause I think that that's a really hard thing for a lot of people to sort of navigate, especially in a very, very responsive world. And this is why I love podcasting because yeah. <laughs> every, everyone listening can't talk back at this exact moment, but like everything else on social media, it's so responsive. People are ready yeah. to tell you what they think and they expect you to sit and listen and take their opinion as your truth. And the reality is we don't have to do that. And again, this is why I love podcasting because we get to all talk about what we think and people get to have an opportunity to sit and listen through the whole thought and or through a big chunk of the thought as opposed to this is not what I this is not what I want to hear and I want to tell you why it's wrong or like just facing that constant critique. We're really riding that line now and we have to start instilling in our kids the ways to navigate that constant system of the highs and lows and figuring out how to love themselves through it and I think it's a huge huge thing and I'm so glad you said that cuz that was like really well said. So I'm like you must have you must have come out with that somehow. So I'm really glad that you you found that cuz I think that's really inspiring. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add or touch on or no, that's it. I'm just very excited to be here. <laughs> I'm so happy that you're here too, neighbor. <laughs> neighbor Becky. Listen, she's currently shadow banned on Instagram because she I said that men were trash. Oh, she said it about Bravo, like that. She said it about Vanderpump Rules. I to said, be clear, Bravo men were being very trash, and I am now shadow banned, but I accept it. So she's not allowed to do much online right now. So she's over here. You know what? You live in your truth. <laughs> she's living through it. No, but I have to tell you because one time, so Becky hates hugging. Right? The only time she's ever hugged me was when I bought fruit gushers. Was it? Are they fruit gushers? gushers. Are they called? I called. I got her gushers, and she hugged me. Okay, yeah. We've been neighbors and friends for a long time, and that's the first time it ever happened. So we're at this event, and we noticed that Tiny Banks is there, and I was like. We somehow we told her that you were there and you and Brini told yeah, her. Yeah. Yeah. And 
What happened? They came up behind you and hugged you. And I've never seen Becky. So like, this is what she went through today. Like the stress of like, how am I going to? I'm like, it's like that exact moment again of like, Becky can't handle herself around anybody from Canada's Drag Race. My resting heart rate was ridiculous and is right now even. Just want to make it known. You're doing amazing. <laughs> well, thank you so much. We're very excited to follow along. We're very excited for the patch wedding we're, and your wedding and everything together. We're excited to see what you do next. Obviously, we're here to champion you. And please reach out anytime because we both like love you. Thank you so much for this conversation. Thanks for going into the hard stuff. Thanks for going into the good stuff. I'm so excited for people to get to know you on another level and uh, to start taking away those messages that we really need to hear between being allies and how to like show up for yourself in hard times. So thank you so much for everything you're doing. Tell everyone where they can find you and follow along. Thank you for having me. This was a very beautiful conversation. And I really believe that it came at a, a very necessary time. So I hope that it helps and inspires at least one person. That's really the goal, right? You can find me at Kendall Gender on most social media platforms. I believe I have every single one. So you can find me some sort of variation of that or on my website, kendallgender.com. I'm curious, what's your favorite social media app? Like, where oh, do you like to hang Instagram. out? Is it Instagram? Uh, yeah. Instagram, because I'm like, a, yeah, I'm a clearly giving millennial energy. <laughs> no, I know, but I love it too. I'm like, TikTok is like so hyper stimulating. I can't, uh, the energy that it takes. And they're like, you need to post eight times a day in order to make it. I'm like, oh, I, I, I already I retire. Love, I love TikTok consuming it. And I like producing content, but I don't understand how to produce content on it, if that makes sense. No, yeah, like, I know. I, I just throw things at a wall. Sometimes yeah. it'll get two views and sometimes it'll get 12 million. So no. I just like, I can't keep up. <laughs> and you never know what weird thing that you're going to do on TikTok that's going to get a very different audience and a, like some really strong opinions on oh, that. My I most views into, on TikTok, and I have like no followers on TikTok. I had one and it was me just quickly shoveling cotton candy into my mouth. I mean, for some reasons, maybe it makes sense why that went a little bit more viral. <laughs> but like, that's that's what people wanted. Mine was getting my husband a vasectomy cake. And they all told they all told me that I should have been the one to get sterilized because I the incels came hard for that. They one. really were upset about that. We were on the news. <laughs> was that? Oh, like, my gosh. It was a cake. <laughs> It was just me, like my husband had a vasectomy. Here's a vasectomy cake. So TikTok's very unpredictable. Instagram feels like, yeah, you could you can hit some rough bumps, but mostly it's like my little bubble of people, and I'm just like, can we just yeah. hang out and like hug each other and love on each other? And yeah, it's millennial <laughs> energy. Nice. I love it. Nice. <laughs> well, thank you so much. We're gonna we're gonna tag you on everything, and I really appreciate this. And for everyone listening, we're gonna have everything in the show notes for you, and we will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening all the way through this episode. If you've made it this far, I have one more little thing to share with you. Did you know that I actually have a photo and video editing app? So many people were surprised to hear that I have one, but it's actually been around for a little while and you can join over 200,000 of the Papaya community by downloading my free app, Pink Papaya on iOS. While so many apps focus on changing your appearance, Pink Papaya is all about celebrating yourself for exactly who you are and expressing your creativity and your storytelling with nearly 50 free filters and tools. Find us on social and share your edits as well. We might just share them too. So tag me as well at Pink Papaya app. Just had to share that with you, especially as the springtime's coming. We've got some really cool things happening in there and so much more coming. Check it out at Pink Papaya app. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. 
Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.